curiosity. Right. Well, let's start with your your observation of, of your your experience, and mine is very similar. That best sometimes the, our best ideas come whether we're surfing or swimming or in the bath or the shower, um, and we're not alone. So you know, lots of people would say the same thing. Even Oliver Sacks, uh, the guy who tried to get to write Blue Mind, right? He, he was a, an avid swimmer. He said he got his best ideas in the water. And he would always try to jump out and jot him down on a, on a yellow legal pad. And, uh, whether you're swimming in a lake or in a pool, you keep, you keep that pen and pad nearby. Just like you, you know, just like you jump in the car and go, okay, they got to I got to record this before it slips away. Uh, so that's a, you know, that this is not a, an unusual, uh, story. And so why is the question? What's, what's going on there? Part of it is, uh, part of blue mind is, um, what we, by going to the water, what we're taking away, it's not necessarily all about what we're adding, although we're adding, you know, water and sometimes wildlife and, you know, uh, an athletic experience, but it's also equally about what we remove. And we remove distractions. We remove screens. We remove extraneous noise and voices when we get out on the water. Welcome to the Habits to Goals podcast with Martin Grunberg. It's time to take control of your life. Are you ready to achieve goals faster and more consistently than ever before? You need the habit factor. You're listening to Habits to Goals, the podcast that helps you create the habits that lead to success. And here is Martin Grunberg. All righty. Welcome to Habits to Goals. My name is Martin Grunberg. We have just an amazing guest, a guy I've been hunting down for probably close to a year. I want to call him Dr. J. His <laughs> name is Wallace J. Nichols, PhD, research associate, marine biologist, I believe. And, uh, Wallace, how are you doing? Jay, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing great. And thanks for that Dr. J shout out. I was a big fan of the, uh, the original Dr. J as a kid. So Jeez. it's, uh, I'm humbled and honored to be here. <laughs> Do you ever get that? Anybody bust? <laughs> I've, I've heard that before. No? Yeah. Right. I have, I have, and, uh, I've heard it. And, uh, oh, you have? The, uh, Good. I have. And, and it's surprising the younger folks don't, don't know the original <laughs> reference. So it's, um, it's kind of seems new to them, but yeah, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to, uh, as I mentioned before we jumped on the air, I have my typical format. I'm going to um, deviate really quick and give the give the listeners. I sometimes want to call them readers. Um, a little bit of background. Doctor J has written a book called Blue Mind. You probably already know about it. It's a fantastic book. I'm ninety percent plus through it. I have marked it up extensively. We're going to get into some of that. Uh, and again, that's the reason I'm hunting him down. Blue mind, check it out. So before we get into it, Jay, we like to kick things off with what we call the GTR, the good things report. Uh, I can flip for it. You can go first. I can go first. You let me know. Well, I'll start. We're, you know, Sweet. we're, uh, we are in the two daughter club, you <laughs> and I, and, uh, I'll, you know, they are the lights of my life, although sometimes they're also the bane of my existence. And, 
um, this week is finals week and then we're going into Christmas break. And, uh, I, I just, I'm, I love seeing my girls digging in to learning and, um, I appreciate the stress of finals and all of that. And I just, I love seeing them thrive and learn. And I'm not, I'm not a stickler about, about grades, although they're, they're both doing fine. I just love, um, just the learning process. And it, you know, it brings back memories of, of that, you know, that certain kind of stress that you have, you know, around exam time (laughs) that, um, sometimes feels really good. You know, when you feel your brain stretch and learn and things click in and you go, wow, I, I get it. I didn't just memorize it. I, I get it. And this is useful. And, uh, so the house is full of that vibe and then it, then it'll be, joy you know the holiday season it'll be not (laughs) we'll be out of school and it'll be you know fun fun um so that's my good news report here (laughs) i love it i love it that's a great gtr and i'm guessing they are exceptional students um we'll get into it in a bit i'm just curious were you a great student as a kid or were you kind of all over the board I was pretty a pretty academically minded kid, oh, good. and I was uh, <laughs> unlike um, me, right? Yeah, I was pretty self motivated. <laughs> nice. Um, maybe, maybe one kid that's like that, one who's not. Um, I asked my one daughter, "What you know? Need help with your homework? No. <laughs> Is it done? Yes, Dad. Of course." <laughs> and that's then the awesome. other one, sort of, you know, a little different approach. Um, so it's. Uh, yeah, I, I like school. I lifelong learner. I went. I tell my kids I went to the twenty fourth grade, and <laughs> they are in tenth grade and seventh grade. So that totally freaks them out. They're like, "You're an idiot, Dad. Why would you do that?" <laughs> um, but I, just way too much school is kind of my. I like school. So yeah, I like school. <laughs> well, I think that's evident with your PhD. Um, so yeah, I yeah. my heart goes out to you, the father of two teenage daughters. Uh, my GTR is a slam dunk. I got to tell you, Jay, first of all, having you on the show, second of all, probably in reverse order, I should say, first of all, I got out and surfed. I kind of, oh, yeah. I kind of had to, it had to be, um, my little precursor to okay. the, the interview here. Um, so let's, before we get, get heavy into the book, uh, I would like to kind of set the table with the background. Like, where'd you go to high school? You grew up on the East coast, right? Yeah, I was born in New York City, uh, went to school on the East Coast. We moved to Chicago mid-high school. So I went also went to high school in the Chicago area, Barrington High School. Wow. And, and then uh, sort of net a net west movement. But uh, did, you know, went to undergrad and in Indiana, went to grad school at Duke University, North Carolina, and then made my way west. Um, got my PhD at University of Arizona in Tucson, which people said, why? Well, How'd you end up there? It's a pretty quick jump from Tucson to the ocean in Mexico. So that was my, my thinking. And I studied sea turtles for my doctoral work and genetics and migration and stuff. Got and, it. Uh, okay. So you were, got it. California. Now I'm in California. And then, uh, what was the, what was the, mo- <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm sure I could guess, but what was the motivation, uh, for you to, you ended up in Santa Cruz or? 
Yeah, we're in, we're uh, north of Santa Cruz, or we're on the Monterey Bay, basically. Beautiful. So um, it's great, beautiful. Uh, and my work's all over the world, but I, I love living here, and I um, obviously the ocean's great, um, great community. And uh, my wife's from California, so that was initially kind of the after I dragged her around Mexico for a while, I said, <laughs> "You get to choose," and she said, "Let's go back to the Bay Area," and we landed here. So it's sort of um, it's all about love, really. Yeah. It's all about love and water. H2O. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Again. So what sparks the, the book? Obviously you have a lifetime of work and research into it. And then, and then one day, uh, and I'm sure it's, it's not one day, it's over a period of time and it's a process, but, but I'd like to know how you came to the, the, the name, which I love, Blue Mind, and and kind of talk me through the the creative process and the endeavor when you knew you kind of, I'm guessing you came to a point where you had to write the book, and I could be wrong, but I, but I'd love to hear the story. Yeah, I I always loved writing, and and even you know when I graduated from high school, my my high school English professor said, you know, you're going to be a, a writer, aren't you? And I said, I'm going to be a scientist. And he was very bummed. And, and but I said, I'll, I promise I'll be a scientist who writes. And actually, <laughs> I, re, I remember saying that. And, wow. he, and he remembers me promising that. Um, and I'll get back to that because it's a cool story. But um, so I did a bunch of bunch of college and grad school, and then more grad school, and sort of did become a scientist. And had always known that I felt my best when I was near in on or underwater. This ever since I was a kid. You know, and I, and I'm not the only one. And, uh, you know, you probably could tell, tell exactly the same story. Lots and lots. I would say most people listening now would say, yeah, me too. Um, and I always wondered as a scientist, why? And I thought there would be a book answering that and I couldn't find it. And I really wanted to read it and apply it to my life and my work. But it wasn't written and I looked, you know, maybe it was out of print. Maybe it was written in German or <laughs> right, Japanese right. or some other language. And, uh, so then I realized the book I wanted to read hadn't been written. Somebody should write it. So I tried to convince several smart people that they should write it and nobody bit. And finally I, I pitched it to a guy named Oliver Sacks, Dr. Oliver Sacks. He's a great neurologist passed away last year. Hmm. Uh, Great writer, um, brilliant, just a mentor and to a lot of people and big thinker, big intellect, super creative scientist. And I thought, and he is a water lover, lifelong water lover and explorer of ideas. And I thought, this guy, is, he's the man to write this. And he said, it's a fine idea. You do it. <laughs> and I said, oh, shit. Right. Like, that's like, mm, that's that's a big, heavy mandate. And so set out to do the background research. I'm not a neuroscientist or a psychologist, I'm a marine biologist with, you know, a, a keen love of water. And so I had to hang out with a bunch of new kinds of scientists and go to different conference. And so I organized my own conference to bring people together to learn from them. And so we did that for several years and we called it the Blue Mind Summit, which produced the, the raw material that became the book. And so that's kind of the, the um, kicking, screaming, dragging story of why I, I wrote this book is because I, 
I had I had to read it. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and since nobody was going to write it for you, yeah, uh, yeah, that's quite the undertaking, isn't it? Though yeah, writing a yeah. book, yeah. But I think everybody who's done something, you know, in any in any realm, um, has had that feeling that they they see it, you know, they see the thing off in the future that they want to exist, and it isn't there. There's a vacuum, and so they endeavor to either have it created or create it themselves. And that, that is, um, you know, that's, I guess you call it on, you know, entrepreneurship or creativity, but it, it's, a, it, you know, you see something that you think should be exist in the world, whether it's an invention or an idea or a book or a song or some, you know, a building, and then you, you make it real. You fill, the, fill the void. Fill the void. Yeah. And so that's kind of what it felt like. And, uh, and lo and behold, there, are, you know, people like you say, wow, I, th- I like this, this idea, this idea fills a space that I didn't even know, uh, was empty. And now I, you know, now I have a, a word or a phrase to describe, you know, blue mind describes something that's a familiar feeling. And, and how'd you come up with that name? Uh, it just kind of made sense. It just, it was, uh. I mean, were you toying with other names or was that just an automatic no brainer? It just came to you first one, one and well, done. Yeah, I wrote, I, I wrote down the word oceanophilia, which is sort of a love, love of ocean. And I realized that <laughs> it, it was bigger than the ocean. Right. It's, it's all, it's not just the ocean, although it includes the ocean. That's what I was, the idea was not just the ocean. It was lakes, rivers, pools, showers, right. Ponds, water slides. Um, on and on waterfalls. Uh, and I, so it just sort of backed off of the oceanophilia. Uh, and, and it was like, okay, it's blue mind. It's a, it's a, a state of mind that you get. So you even, got, you got but, to it pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And even when you're nowhere near water, but you're imagining it, you can get yourself into blue mind. So it's even virtual water or, uh, water-based artwork or film, photography, uh, sound of water on your app, uh, YouTube video of your, you know, I mean, surfers always like to watch other surfers surfing. <laughs> and so it's like you get a little bit of blue mind just by geeking out and watching, you know, some embedded videos in Surfline or going on YouTube or watching film. Um, that's blue mind too. It's, you know, not as good as the real so, thing, but gets you there. So help the would be reader, listener. What, what, and I hate to say it like this, but <laughs> in a nutshell, what's the affinity? Yeah. Because I, I know I've read the book. I also have some in, intuitive thoughts around this, but, but I want to hear you tell it. What is this natural affinity? Uh, why is it we can look at a picture of water, uh, and it changes our state? What's, what's going on there? Yeah. On the, on the surface level, it, you know, there's the familiar, um, yeah, I, like I want to, I want to go for a swim or a surf or a vacation. And there's the, sort of the, you know, the advertising of the resort kind of, there's that sort of aspect. Um, but if you go deeper and you look at it sort of from a, a deep evolutionary perspective, if you didn't position yourself correctly relative to water, uh, whether you're a human, a fox, you know, a squirrel, a mouse, 
if you weren't positioned correctly relative to a source of water, you were, you were done in less than a week. So the survival mandate of being able to find water and, you know, to sense it and to position yourself correctly relative to it safely, uh, is probably the most important thing you, you need to be able to do if you want to stay alive. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's it's just, very simple. Right? And that's just the starting point, right? Yeah. And that's just the starting point. So you're the fact that our brains tune into the sound and the sight of water in a way that says, yeah, man, that's right. That feels good. Is no surprise. We, we better, we better not ignore water. We better not right, or hear it and position ourselves correctly. So there's a, there's sort of a deep skill set that, uh, you know, that all creatures need, need to, need to have in, in one shape or form. Now, of course, there are animals that get most of their water from food. Um, but even so, they need to, so they need to position themselves correctly to, you know, well hydrated sources of food. Uh, so that, so that's a, you know, there, there's that sort of evolutionary mandate. Um, then you build on that and you realize that, you know, the, the rhythmic sound of say the waves, if you're, if you're by the ocean, right, let's think about music and rhythm, you know, that's soothing You know, rocking in a chair is soothing. Listening to a, a slow drum beat is, is puts you in a trance like state. So listening to the, the waves in the ocean, um, looking at the reflection in the water, that may have been the earliest and that humans encountered. So there's a, um, a self-reflection um, aspect to this. And, and so you start thinking back like pre, pre-advertising, pre-travel, uh, airline travel, pre-internet, pre-books. You know, water, water was really super cool and really important <laughs> and, and fun, still fun. Uh, and, and so just imagining, you know, the, the earliest humans sort of in their, their need for, and their, their sort of love of and respect for water, um, and then building, building kind of from there. Um, and I think what my real interest is, is just to rekindle that, that conversation that, you know, our healthy oceans, lakes and rivers aren't just for the biodiversity oh, that that's important and not just for uh, the economic well-being of, of our communities, although that's important <laughs> also uh, the emotional well-being and that lakes, rivers and oceans can provide literally the best moments of your entire life. Uh, the best, really the best hours of my life have been spent in water with my girls. Hmm. And I say that in it and I get, I could get really emotional real quick when I think about it. Um, my dad who died on earth day last year, my best times with him, no hands down were in the water with him. Right. Just, just those, those moments learning to swim, learning to dive, doing all, all the cool stuff. Um, just hanging out, talking in the water, you know, those are the best times. And, you know, so I, I'm, I'm really interested in just really talking about that with people and saying, let's make sure that we safeguard all of that, all those good feelings that make life worth living and ecological and economic benefits of these places as well. Uh, so that's kind of what drives me um, and sort of led to 
writing the book and then, and right now, you know, the, the book is just a door opener, right? It's the beginning, you know, the book is sort of precipitated this conversation. Sure. You, and, uh, it gets me, you know, invited to different kinds of meetings, but really what it's about is, okay, what are, you know, what are we going to do now? And it's a conversation starter. So, and, it, and it's a damn fine one. It's fine. Um, you know, when you were talking about that, the emotion, um, and those memories, I mean, it was just, it, it gives me chills because I think many of us have these same sort of memories and we easily, uh, potentially, uh, forget about them and lose that, uh, just, just lose that sense of wonderment around water. I, I wanted to, and I know you wrote about this, just underscore one other thing relative to this natural affinity. And it's, it's the super obvious one. It's we're 70% water, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, so exactly. And not only do we need it to survive, we are water. Yeah. I am water. You are water. Yeah. Um, and and then our minds are are <laughs> yeah even I, higher I, higher yeah. our brains are are even more watery <laughs> right and I mean we think about it so you know I remind people your brain right now is mostly water <laughs> right. and it's floating around in some water in the dark and so everything that you are perceiving right now while listening to this conversation and what you're seeing around you. Is actually all, it's all going down in the dark underwater. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it is. That's where it's happening. And that's, so you get, you get a, an, you know, a, an interpretation, uh, but that's all being interpreted in the dark underwater. And we all spent the first nine months of our lives or so in the dark underwater. So the reality of human existence is dark water. <laughs> it's, like, it's saline. <laughs> yeah. Saline. Um, deep, dark, salty water. Yeah. And and so I already could tell, I I could turn this into a (laughs) six hour interview, but (laughs) I'm not going to do that to you or the listener. Um, so let's move on to the next. So, so that explains the natural affinity. It's, it's survival. It is us. And, and there's a cause bigger than the book behind this to to bring that awareness start the conversation um another interesting aspect i'd like you to talk about is creativity in water um yeah. again i feel like i i could rattle off several theories i i talk about a few in in my book the habit factor um around creativity and and i know some of the the I want to say the best passages, some of the, the, the big leaps or ideas came out of a surf session (laughs) (laughs) where I have like, you know, a pad of paper in the car, I'm jotting down stuff on the beach or, or on my phone. So, so talk about what's going on there. Um, in, yeah, in, in your well, in your blue mind, in our blue mind, as it relates to water and creativity. Right. Well, let's start with your your observation of, of your your experience, and mine is very similar. That best sometimes the, our best ideas come whether we're surfing or swimming or in the bath or the shower, um, and we're not alone. So you know, lots of people would say the same thing. Even Oliver Sacks, uh, the guy who tried to get to write Blue Mind, right, 
he, he was a, an avid swimmer. He said he got his best ideas in the water and he would always try to jump out and jot them down on a, on a yellow legal pad. <laughs> and, uh, whether he's swimming in a lake or in a pool, he keep, he keep that pen and pad nearby. Just like you, you know, just like you jump in the car and go, okay, they got it. I got to record this before it slips away. Uh, <laughs> so that's a, you know, that this is not a, an unusual, uh, story. And so why is the question? What's, what's going on there? Part of it is, uh, part of blue mind is, um, what we, by going to the water, what we're taking away. It's not necessarily all about what we're adding, although we're adding, you know, water and sometimes wildlife and, you know, uh, an athletic experience, but it's also equally about what we remove. And we remove distractions. We remove screens. We remove extraneous noise and voices when we get out on the water. So your, you know, your average relaxing dinner out at a restaurant at like a TGI Fridays, <laughs> you know, on a, you know, say it is Friday. And right. Okay. Like, hey, let's go chill at a restaurant. You go in and there's 15 different screens going. Yeah. Not to mention the one in your hand. And they're all playing a different event, sporting event or something. You got music playing. So you add to that. So you got 15 different stories uh, on the screens. You got the buzz in your pocket from your phone. You got whoever's at your table, you know, maybe three conversations going on. If you're in a little group, you got the waiter trying to interject their, their life story. You got a menu full of a thousand options and this is relaxation. That is it's, not, it's stressing me out. And you got that ticker tape, <laughs> ticker tape running across the bottom of the screen. Urgent update so add all, add all breaking news. Yeah. You're paying for it. Right. And this is your Friday night. This right. is your chill out Friday night after a long. And that's why I don't go to Friday. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, you know, and so is there room for creativity? Hell no. no. There's no room for, there's barely room for a novel thought or, you know, getting a, a creative word in edgewise. Um, so when you go to the water is it's about removing, you know, just each layer of that. So you, you get away from the screens, you get away from all the voices in the room, you get away from the few voices at the table, you get away from, you know, the visual stimulus, mm. you get away from the auditory stimulus, you get on the water and you may even escape gravity if you're floating in the water. Right. So now your brain is doing a simple set of tasks <laughs> auditorily. It's, it's simplified. It's the sound of the water. There are no voices or music or anything being interpreted. Visually, you're not reading a screen. You're not reading. You're not looking at a face and trying to understand an emotion. It's visually simplified. And then somatically, from your body's perspective, you're you're getting some relief. You're not balancing. You may just be floating or, or swimming along. And so it's a it give it opens up some bandwidth. And our brains don't waste bandwidth. They they jump in there and they do different things. So you can occupy that bandwidth with a thousand distractive things, or you can open it up and let your brain go to work and be creative and be insightful and innovative and start smashing things together in your subconscious and then occasionally letting them pop out in, into your conscious mind. And those are those aha moments. Those are those those lyrics or lines of poetry where you're going, I got to write this thing down. Where did that come from? Right. Like wow. It feels like it fell out of the sky and landed in your brain. Uh, <laughs> I know, you know, some musicians say, 
I wrote this song and it, and it came to me almost intact. Right. Like perfect right. note. Perfect. Yeah. And but, so poetry yeah. or an idea for your book or just, you know, we, that's how it works. But when you're super distracted, that doesn't really work as well. And so water gives you, you know, there are ways to get your blue mind on without going out on the water, but water is the perfect excuse. And it's a great context. And it puts us into that, that state, that mildly meditative, uh, creative state of mind. That's so. beautiful. All right, a quick timeout. Again, thank you so much for joining me and Habits to Goals. I hope you are digging this interview. I want to share with you something pretty cool we've just thrown out there. You can catch this either live or recorded. It's a webinar I put on. It's about 60 minutes. It goes through nine major tips. It gives you background about the habit factor, a little bit about me, and an overview, an intro to something we have put together called the 28-Day Breakthrough fantastic course really the goal of which is it's the old you don't feed a man a fish or woman you teach them to fish and so this is built above beneath around the habit factor really gets in depth with mission vision values some great modules around Goals in particular, energy, the mastery mindset, those are uh, modules that are included. Anyways, check it out. All you have to do is go to thehabitfactor.com forward slash 28. That's the number 28, 28, day, D-A-Y, webinar. That's thehabitfactor.com forward slash 28, day, webinar. You can get the info, sign up, and hopefully we'll see you on the inside. And with that, let's get back to this fantastic interview. Cheers. That's yeah, and that parallels much of I'll, my my take is, and it it parallels this exactly. It just creativity is sub the subconscious. This is why it fits in the habit factor book. Is um, we know our habits kind of reside, definition of habit, and one of them is that it's an act that's performed basically without conscious thought. And so when you look at creativity, these leaps in creativity, they're largely when our brain goes out of conscious mode to relaxation or subconscious mode. And... um and it's at that point, you know, you're shaving, you're surfing, you're, you're detached. But, I, but I love the way you described, and it reminds me of, there's this old, uh, Zen parable. Uh, you probably heard it with the master and the student. And, um, before he pours him tea, he empties out his cup. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that one. I think he, I think he actually he pours yeah. it until it's overflowing, and then right. and then he says something like to the master, "What what are you doing? It's spilling everywhere." And he says, "You see, I cannot add to your cup when it is already full." So you just nailed it by by emptying our cup. Uh, we we have this opportunity for incredible creativity. It's fantastic. That's right. Empty yeah. the cup. Yeah. And, and, that, and our, our society is always giving us more and more and more and more ways <laughs> to be 
not not empty the cup and it's considered um good to do that it's good to be busy and multitask and have way too much going on it's and, the worst you know. thing ever <laughs> it, yeah. this oh, explains yeah. why i i don't go out and yeah i sit in a dark room <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it's, good. it's good to have to have an, an outlet for and, and that's one of the lessons is you know you find your find your way to to, to get your blue mind on if, if it's just really making the space and disconnecting the phone and logging out and and closing, you know, closing the shades, getting in the bathtub, going for a surf, going for a float session, um, going for a hike in the woods. Silence, um, silence. Yeah, yeah. Find that and and then be ready. You know, be ready for cool ideas and insights and and you know sometimes hard tricky stuff. You know. It's, yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> The insights that you may not like. So uh, that reminds me, I think it was Blaise Pascal. He said something like, all men's miseries derive from his inability to sit quietly in a room alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So well, when, I, when I proposed to my wife and, you know, we, we sort of decided that's what we we're going to do. <laughs> we we discussed, you know, that, that we would be guardians of each other's solitude. As a, uh, nice. Rainer Rilke wrote. Uh, that that's, that's what your partners, one of your partners tasks and jobs and res- responsibilities is to, to guard your solitude and not, not take it personally when you seek it. And, uh, I think that's, it's a beautiful idea to have, you know, the people you love recognize that your alone time is, is super important. And, that uh, is cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we articulated it, but fortunately, for me, 17, 18, something odd years into marriage, uh, wifey has figured that one out. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. I mean, like I said, this is just, yeah. I'm not even scratching my nose. So, <laughs> so I'm going to jump over health and just go straight into this idea of happiness and, and blue mind and water. Cause we just talked about creativity, but there's a significant role you you touched on it in the open but but specifically talk maybe about the science or the two types of happiness or or just just a little bit about what your research tells people as it relates to happiness and blue mind or water yeah so you know happiness is a, a it's a word that's thrown around a lot right. and and when i talk about happiness i i'm probably more accurately referring to contentment and uh, just a sense of, of wellness and that all is good, you know, in that moment. Now, of course, that doesn't mean all is good in the universe, all is good in the world, or even all is good in your life. But finding those moments where you're, you are content with your, your place, huh. uh, is, it's important, right? That, and to, pers- to be able to pursue that and actually occasionally experience it, uh, a peace of mind and, a you know, a sense of self-worth and, um, purpose and direction and all, all that kind of gets wrapped into, into happiness. Uh, I think one of the key things that I've, I've learned in, you know, since writing Blue Mind and sharing it is, you know, there are a lot of groups that are using surf therapy, scuba therapy, boating therapy, uh, fishing therapy, you name it, you know, aquatic therapy to help people be happier. And it works really well 
but it works a lot better when there's when it's paired up with a sense of purpose mm-hmm. and when the happiness isn't just about me but it's about we and when when I recognize that my happiness is dependent on your happiness and the well-being of the water that I am floating in boating on surfing in that that is that becomes my um my purpose my service and so in the you know the the groups that I've worked with, with that do surf therapy for sometimes veterans with post traumatic stress uh, or first responders dealing with post traumatic stress, the the programs that work the best are not the ones that give people a week of happiness and then send them back home and they wish they were surfing but they're they're in the middle of of, of uh, hot Texas and they're in the waves yeah <laughs> and now their their low is lower than their previous low. That's no good. It's the, the programs that create a sense of, of connection and purpose and service. And so I use the veteran example, but you know, our, our, uh, people who, who serve, whether it's in the military or, uh, you know, as police, fire, rescue, um, they're, they're, they're taught to serve. There's a, a, a service mentality. And when that is gone, uh, there's a void. And there, there may be post-traumatic stress and, and, uh, psychological issues to deal with, of course. But what's also missing is, a, is that, that, that service. And so that is part of what gives us happiness. It isn't just being relaxed and feeling good in a wave. It's also being relaxed, feeling good and knowing that you are going to teach somebody else to serve the way you learn to serve or you're going to fight to make sure that wave is clean hmm. and healthy and you're going to be that's going to be your service you're going to do a beach cleanup you're going to make sure there's no more pollution going into that wave and you're going to be an instructor and that that's you can start to feel um that combination of that that personal experience and the service experience creating real real happiness and right. contentment uh so that's kind of where where I like to see, um, you know, the blue mind message go. It isn't just like, Hey, get blissed out. Right. And, right. And, uh, be super creative and, and, you know, <laughs> write, write, write another song. It's, right. it's the service that comes, uh, as an extension of that. And, right. you know, our lakes, rivers and oceans need all the help they can get. So there, there's a never ending need for, for, for people who want to plug into that work. Well, yeah. I, I love the distinction you made and I, just was reminded of it right as you said it. So, um, I don't know, 18 months back or something, I did a webinar on happiness and I, I spoke for a period of time on the distinction, at least in my mind, you know, people get caught up in, you know, the vernacular, but, but in my mind, there's contentment and then there's happiness and mm-hmm. and the analogy though i used which i think you're going to love is imagine a lake that's you know 2 miles deep so so if you go if you draw a line 90% 80% up from the bottom down you know whatever a mile deep that's stillness. That's, that's contentment. Yeah. At the top of the water, there may be storms. There may be waves. That, that's the day to day fluctuation of happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, but the contentment 
is is down deep and it's it's yeah. it doesn't waver much yeah. or at all. So yeah. I, I love that you uh drew that distinction and and the other thing that kind of overlaps with some of the stuff we're doing on this end with the habits to goals podcast we we just released um passion and purpose in this little exercise matrix that helps people find uh helps guide them towards their purpose or at least puts them in some direction. So uh, that is helpful. So awesome. All right. I can't believe the time is flying by. I'm this is unbelievable. All right. So I'm just going to jump into a few of my patented questions here. Um, I just wrote it this way as a creative and a thought leader, just like everybody else, I'm guessing you have bad and tough days. I think I actually know some of the answer without just yeah. intuiting it. <laughs> How do you battle through tough days, Jay? Yeah, I I think you're right on. I you know it's like it's not all it's not all happy contentment twenty four seven. And uh, um, I you know I I lean on the ocean for sure. I you know I I fall asleep listening. Lucky enough to be able to hear it from my bed. That's awesome. Um, and I, you know, I don't miss um, a second of enjoying it. And um, then when I'm in just the end of the day, and it really does pull a lot of the worries away, and just allows allows for some good sleep. And uh, um, and I, I recognize that's pretty pretty lucky to be able to hear the ocean from from my my where I sleep. Um, I know when, when things are rough with my kids and as you know, dad of two teen girls, it happens. Um, I, you know, we go to the, we go to the beach and, uh, they know exactly what I'm up to. And they, they'll say, dad, are you doing that blue mind thing on us? I say, hell yes. And I'm glad you recognize it. But, um, when it, when things are feeling red mind and conflicted, we, we just take a walk down to the water. And, uh, it doesn't solve all the problems, but it, it definitely gets us, um, talking. And, uh, and I, you know, that's just a, that's one of those nudges, those little reminders. Like just do that. You know, whenever you, if you find yourself at work or at home in a jam with another, you know, somebody you work with or live with, um, take, take the whole conversation on the road, take a walk out the door to say, come on, let's just, let's talk and walk. Nice. And it, it's just one of those life hack tricks that works. Just don't just trust me on it. And the ideas will flow. If this change of scenery will help. If you get lucky enough to walk next to a river or a lake or an ocean, that'll even help more. But just being in motion outside is, is, is good. You know, oxygen flow to the brain. And, um, <laughs> Fresh air. It's so easy to forget, um, right. especially, you know, in the workplace, people just get, get tense, but it's just, yeah. So yeah, you know, those are, those are just some thoughts. I mean, I, when I lost my dad, I, you know, I went into a funk on that and, um, hmm. it was just very disorienting and, uh, you know, just not being able to call him up and, uh, and I, you know, again, I had to lean on, lean on family and, and, and spend more ocean time just processing that, you know, the ocean is a great place to mourn and grieve any kind of loss, um, water in general, whether it's a bath, lake, river, ocean, um, 
take your, take your sadness there. It's, it's a, it's a good, it's a good outlet. Um, it's another simple reminder. Um, when that, when you get to those points in your life, um, full of grief, you know, just don't carry it around, let it soak it out, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, condolences about your father. I, uh, I, I do find repeatedly, I mean, fortunate enough to live down by the water here in San Diego, but I, I will almost always when something, God forbid somebody passes. Yeah. I go straight to a sunset, you know, just, uh, Wow. Well, there's a reason why we tend to, you know, whether if you're on the coast, you know, if a surfer friend passes, there's a paddle out. That's where you, you you know, or people like to have their ashes scattered over the waves or on a river or thrown across, you know, a natural area. Um, so it, we do, we do tend to move towards awe and beautiful places when, when we need solace and, uh, the best, you know, I think is being by the water. Um, it, but that's, that's how, that's what we humans seek out when we're feeling that way. I, I think it's the, the pull of the infinite loop, the, 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 the idea that we, we came from the water and we're going back to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, the humility, the humility that comes with it. And, yeah. You know, in those times of loss, there's a lot of unknown, there's a lot of disorientation and some, something about, uh, the humility and the awe that definitely is helpful. Uh, yeah. All right. Here's another, uh, standard question. How do you define success? I, you know, I, I don't. <laughs> That's okay. I just, I just keep going and keep, keep moving towards, uh, sort of this sort of elusive, uh, elusive future that, you know, never, never arrives. And, uh, yeah, I think it, I think that's one of the things you learn as you get older is that um, what you thought would would be your sort of definition of success. Like if, if only, wow, if only I could get that grant for that project, then I would be a success. <laughs> if, only could, if only I could get my degree, my PhD, then that would be. But that then you realize when that happens, it's just the beginning of the next long long path. Right. Uh, you know, I think I I was not planning on writing a bestseller. That was not the goal. I was just wanting to get this book out. Right. But you, you know, it became a bestseller and that that's, you know, an accolade. But then you realize that only brings more responsibility. Like the, <laughs> the, I mean, the next, literally the next question, the day that it hits the bestseller list is what's right. your next book about? Oh, uh, you're talking. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you don't get, uh, you know, it, it's not, it's not like the, you know, you know, that the fireworks go off and the rainbow, uh, appears and, and right. pot it's, a, it's just like, it's kind of never ending. So, um, yeah, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. I love the answer. It's, it's the journey. It's not this destination. Yeah. It's yeah. not an accomplishment. It's not an accolade. It is the journey itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I have to say my, I, so I, I'm going to contradict myself slightly, but <laughs> Someday when I'm a grandpa or a great grandpa, I'd, I'd like to be hanging out in, in, in Baja with some of the old fishermen that I've worked with for years okay. with our, with our grandkids looking at the ocean and seeing some turtles swimming around and just saying, we, you know, we worked 
uh, we worked hard to make sure these animals didn't go extinct. And, and at look around, nobody will even know that we had any role or our grandkids won't even know, but we'll just clink our beers and, <laughs> and just, that'll be, that's the payday right that's, there. That's, that's awesome. Well, now yeah. you're, you've opened the window for me. I wasn't going to do this. Every once in a while I reiterate what mine is, is that's creating your ideal future. So it leaves, it allows for the, the constant evolution and the change. And, and sometimes it's the thing you want and then you don't get it anyways. But, but, since you mentioned that kind of ideal future, I thought that was that was the window I needed to share that. Yeah, yeah, cre- yeah. creating your ideal future. Um, all right, talk about, and I think I know some of these uh, two or three of your best habits. Yeah, no, so start the day with with a couple big glasses of water. So kind of, <laughs> uh, for all kinds of reasons, but. One of them is, is, you know, obviously hydration and, and, and health, but also it's just a routine that reminds me like yet another day to, to work for my top number one client, which is water. And it, it's a, just a reminder, uh, start of the day, um, and try to also end the day that way with a, with a, you know, nice glass of water. Um, and then there's the, all the, in, all the in between stuff. I'm, I'm not, I get, I guess I, I wouldn't say I'm a creature of habit so much, although I, I, I try to be, uh, I try to have some handful of healthy habits that, um, that I stick to and that, you know, but, uh, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to swim every day. I'm going to try to surf every day. I'm going to row every day and I'll get in those kind of habits, a burst of them and then, then it won't happen <laughs> for a while. And then, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. And then there's the writing, you know, the writing stuff when I'm on sort of deadline and I got have kind of like a daily word, word goal. Nice. Um, then that, that's a, that's a habit is just to, you know, sit down and turn everything off and, and just reach that, whether it's a thousand words or 2000 words writing goal. Um, you know, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of great writers talk about their writing habits and I think, first and foremost, what you hear is just write. Like you're not going to be a writer unless you actually write words. Uh, you can't think about it and imagine it and dream about it. You actually have to string words together, uh, into some, something, even if it's a mess, um, uh, just keep doing, Excuse me, keep doing it. So that's a habit when I'm in, in that mode, um, whether it's a book check, an article, just kind of a, you know, a writing goal I love for the it. day. Yeah. Um, how about one habit and you don't have to, this is always optional. One habit you're trying to break a not so good habit. Uh, uh, yeah. It kind of vacillates between sort of like the, the caffeine coffee habit. <laughs> uh, and then I'll read an article that says caffeine is good for you. And I'll be like, right on. I'm, I'm cool. Uh, and then I'll, decide that I'm, I'm over it and then I'll switch off, you know, and do green tea for, you know, a while. And then eventually that, that switches back. Those are, you know, um, I think that's probably the one that sort of keeps coming up. That's uh, super funny. Yeah. I oh, just okay. the other day, some study said something like three cups a day, you're going to live longer. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm like three cups a day. I would be bouncing off the walls. <laughs> yeah, right. 
<laughs> yeah, I read those studies. I'm like, Yahoo, that's I'm good. And then you read something, you're like, Oh, wait a second. I switched back to green tea for a while. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I don't. I'm, I'm lucky to my, my uh, uh, tendency is not, not to get stuck in, in too many bad habits. I know I have family members and, and friends that have a harder time with uh, destructive habits and. Um, and I, and I understand the physiology of that as well. Um, and so, and that just in that conversation, uh, one thing I learned from our neuroscience colleagues is that the, the tendency to become addicted to different, different kinds of habits, particularly destructive ones, uh, is, is common and, and powerful. But if you can harness that, that dopamine, uh, addiction as a force for good. So, um, if you can get a dopamine hit by uh, helping people or as a, every time you teach a new person to surf or you clean up the beach or you do just a good deed, you feel like you, you get a hit. Nice. Um, that's, that's sort of t- harnessing that, that uh, dopamine loop and making it as a, as a force for good. And I, and I think that's a powerful idea is if we can, have many positive um, regenerative habits and addictions that are um, rebuilding and helping people uh, and feel good and give you that dopamine high. Wow. Imagine that like people addicted to helping each other. That would be super cool. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm going to use that as an excuse to talk about this. So one of the things we talk about it with the habit factor is, is, the, the process to develop habit is following something called PAR, plan, act, record, and reassess. The intrinsic value, you know, the self-efficacy that comes with recording is, is unbelievable. You know, tracking, like, first of all, the planning. If you just say, I'm saying not you necessarily, mm-hmm. but anybody out there listening, if you just say, you you use this process. You say Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to walk one mile and you check that off. You actually do it. The, the, you get that dopamine hit. It's this intrinsic reward and, and the tracking is what reinforces it. So I'm using your lead there just to, just to reinforce for people that following that process absolutely works plan mm-hmm. act record yes. and reassess mm-hmm. and they know yeah, that's really good um so yeah thanks for bringing that up all right i hate to do it we're getting near a close you have been absolutely brilliant favorite books um a transformative book one two or three take your pick i'm sure yeah big big one uh the big one that if i you know is stuck on an island with nothing but <laughs> when I would take Shakespeare's complete works, um, wow. just brilliant, uh, difficult, challenging, universal, um, never, 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 ever, uh, fails to entertain and challenge. Um, the, um, the, my next book, uh, borrows a bit from, uh, Shakespeare's seven ages of man, which is a, a passage from as you like it. Uh, where he, it begins all the world's a stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that famous passage. And then he kind of walks through the, the seven ages of a of human life. And so I'm, I borrow that structure uh, mm-hmm. with credit 
uh, for what I call the seven ages of water, mm. you know, through how our lives uh, can be seen through the lens of water. And, and so I love Shakespeare um, on a complete other end of the spectrum in terms of length uh, would be uh, Jim, one of Jim Harrison's last writings. He's a, a great writer that I, I really enjoy. Um, he wrote a, a, a novella called the river swimmer mm. that is excellent. And uh, it's a novella. So it's brief. Um, so, you know, if you get into it, it's a one night read. Hmm. Uh, highly recommend it. It's, it's in a, you know, it's in a collection of two novellas. Uh, but the, the collection is called The River Swimmer as well. And it's just, uh, I just love it. So if you're looking for a really good, uh, provocative, water related, not, uh, fiction, I, I recommend any, well, anything by Jim Harrison, but The River Swimmers is, uh, that's, uh, that lights me out. I love it. That's uh, awesome. He, I, I got it. Sorry. I, uh, sorry to cut you off. I just, I have it written down. We'll add show notes for the listener. Um, how about this? I, I know it's, it's a bit of a dichotomy. You probably love hate relationship. Um, guessing with technology, <laughs> a favorite tech tool app, website, something you, you probably could do without, but you can't do without. Uh, let's see. I, you know, I just, I think the, uh, voice memo, uh, app on my iPhone <laughs> is That's uh, awesome. I use that all the time. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a lifesaver for the reasons, you know, we, where we started, um, right. get an idea and you're just like, I can't type it. I can't, I can't write it. I just, I, but I don't want to lose it. And I'll just hit that and I'll record. I think it's under often underutilized, uh, just as a, a productivity tool and, it's on everybody's iPhone and probably on your Android or whatever other kind of phone you have. Yeah. You got a version of it. So, um, and sometimes I'll, I'll record little songs. I'll play my guitar and record a song and send it off or just save it or record a song with my kids. It's awesome. Um, and, uh, and one of the great, I mean, I under, underutilized again, but, um, sitting down with a friend or a loved one or somebody who's not going to be, much longer, uh, on this planet and just have a, do this, do what we're doing and just hit record and re- record, um, an intimate conversation. And, uh, you will, you'll be glad you did. Uh, it's, um, I did that with, with, with my dad, uh, near the end there. And, uh, um, I haven't had the heart to really go back and listen to it, but I know I will, um, at some point. And, uh, that, that tool is right there in your pocket. So, you know, use it and something about audio without visual is, I don't know, there's some depth to it. Um, just listening, you know, with the headset and your eyes closed to someone, uh, speaking like people are doing right now. Uh, there's, there's something extra. It isn't, it's not the lack of visual doesn't, doesn't diminish. Um, in fact, it probably enhances the conversation in some way. So, um, that's my, yeah, I my love it. That, I that love app right there. Simple. I love it. Jay, you have been just a, I mean, an incredible guest, super thoughtful. This has been enlightening, educational, entertaining. Um, before we, sign off is there anything i don't know if you're still doing the 
the Blue Mind Summits or, or you have another event possibly. Again, we'll hang a few links up. But if there's anything to promote that's not entirely time sensitive, as again, this may not even um, roll out till Q1 2018. Um, anywhere you want a listener to go or, you know, a website, just feel free to share it now. Yeah, I, I say you know, we do an annual uh, Blue Mind Summit, and you know this this 2018 it will be Blue Mind Eight in Miami, and you know 2019 and so on. So whenever people you know if people are listening to this podcast in 100 years, we'll probably still be doing Blue Mind Summits. So you're welcome to come to Blue Mind 108 in 100 years. Um, that was a joke, but uh, the- <laughs> well, so so you said it's in Miami. What what time of year? June, it's coming up, uh, okay. June 2018, June 8th. So, uh, June 8th in, uh, in Miami and, Six, um, eight, 18. Yeah. And so we, you know, people can join us so they can, we always live stream it to tune in via the live stream. Uh, and then the other project we're working on this, this coming year is creating a sort of a blue, an online blue mind series of interviews, uh, That'll be, you know, sort of, you know, lightly edited interviews with, with different people along the way. Uh, and so, you know, sort of the, sort of like a podcast. I used to, well, I was, I, I'll say it. I used to say Charlie Rose style. I don't say that anymore, but, um, <laughs> oh, man. uh, yeah, let's like, not go there. Dropping but, uh, like flies, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh. it, Rachel Maddow style, or I don't know what the replace best replacement of that phrase is, but um, right. some kind of interview style that pulls, uh, you know, kind of like we're doing here um, around all around water. So we'll have that series rolling out in 2018 as well, so people can can watch for that. But right. there's lots of ways, lots of ways to connect and get involved, and I'm I'm, a, I'm a pretty responsive if people. Uh, have insights and want to want to connect, just reach out and uh, find, you know, find the, find the link uh, uh, here on, on the website of this podcast and you'll, 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 you'll find me. I so, will, I will connect with you. I will get all the links. Um, sounds like a really cool experience, these summits. And uh, you have been again, brilliant, very entertaining, um, you just killed it. So thank you so right. much for doing this, Jay. Yeah, my pleasure. Anytime. Let's circle back another time. Yep. We Talk will be, more. we will be chatting and good luck with the, uh, teenage daughters there, buddy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. All right. Cheers. Yep. Take it easy. Today's episode is brought to you by audible.com. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. If there's one thing I know, and I think Jim Rohn was the one who said this originally, in five years, the difference in your life will be largely based upon two things, the books you've read and the relationships you have fostered. Doesn't it make sense to take advantage of the downtime, whether you're on the road on a run, in the gym, kill a couple birds with one stone, get a book going. It's phenomenal. It's I, The more people I turn on to it, the more uh, compliments I get. 
Not that I've actually done anything. 180,000 titles to choose from. You get one free book a month, 30% off any other book. Again, check it out. AudibleTrial.com forward slash habits to goals. I'm going to say that again real quick. AudibleTrial.com forward slash habits to goals. And that is the number two. And of course, when you support our sponsors, you are supporting the show. So thank you again. I am extremely grateful. We'll see you at the next episode.